Welcome to the fourth episode of Nebraska Owl Talk, a podcast for ag teachers by ag teachers. This month, Colin and I wanted to discuss the Nebraska State FFA degree and some of the changes that have been made. Fortunately for us, Colin contributed to the new assessment rubric, so he has a lot of insight on this new process. We hope that this episode allows you to understand the basics of the Nebraska State FFA degree and help prepare your students for their interviews. So, Colin, I think we should go ahead and start with the Nebraska State FFA degree qualifying review sheet. This can be found on anyaged.org. For the qualifying review sheet, do you kind of want to walk us through some of the basics that advisors should be looking for? Yeah, and just kind of be able to go through that sheet that was created this past summer uh, with the committee um, at our board retreat. Just understand that this sheet is required to be submitted as part of the degree application at the district review. We don't need to submit it to the state, but uh, the district, uh, each student needs to have this, bring this with them. Uh, Whether you do online records or whether you're doing um, printed off records when you review them, I know different districts do that differently, but it is required to have and print it off. So for my district, I just, the first, I think it's the first four pages of it. I just did a front back. I just sent that to them so they could print that off um, and get that filled out. Um, we've had these before. We've we kind of combined ones that have been out there and, and combined some other things within that. And then Sarah took the time to make it all look really, really nice um, and usable. So I uh, thank her for doing that. But this kind of starts out with asking if it's a national proficiency area or Nebraska-only proficiency area, since in Nebraska we have those. And we can write down what that proficiency area matches up with so that we know. This is a time where, for me, I have a lot of kids with the Nebraska-only that I can say, just say, no, you can get the state degree using Nebraska-only, but you won't be able to get your American degree with this. So um, that's kind of where I use that conversation. Um, Just kind of going through, then it looks at um, having two consecutive years in your your journal, uh, in your AET, um, having the number of classes, uh, two full years or four semesters or 360 hours. So making sure that matches up with the record book, what they have in the record book and what they have on the application, making sure those two match up. Um, so that's going to be something looking for as an advisor when you're reviewing your students' um, applications is to make sure those match up. Uh, then serving as an officer or a on a committee, uh, you can check those off. You can even write what committee that's in there. Or just check it off um, is fine. Um, and then just kind of the summary, just the SAE plan, um, which is the uh, agreements or old agreements. Um, that they can type and come and find a formulate a plan. A lot of times for us at Norris happens as a freshman because that's the first time we see them and we start developing that plan. They start putting in, hey, what can I do for an SAE? What, you know, what are my options? But then developing that plan. They are not required. Um, we don't need to print them off anymore. Um, no, no signatures are required or anything like that. Um, but that's in there. Uh, then the journal. Annual review operating expenses is probably a big one in here for entrepreneurships, uh, making sure that if they own cattle, that they have appropriate expenses to feed those cattle and vet vet bills or whatever it may be. Um, If they are farming um, and if they're farming and have crops, growing crops, what are those expenses? Uh, We need to look for those. 
um, and then if they um, own a business of some sort, uh, say they mow yards, which is common, that they are paying for gas, they're paying for oil, maintenance, upkeep, um, having some type of operating expenses that are in there um, to double check that. Uh, then income, profit, loss, um, all of those things that automatically print off. But um, just looking at those and making sure some of those things um, are adding up and, and looking okay. Then the second page of that then goes on to the application checklist and the items that are in there that need to be checked and make sure that they have in there um, and they have them recorded. The big thing um, as you go down, it's the clipboard that's in the SAE Experience Manager where they put in their descriptions of their entrepreneurship, of their placement, um, where they have their job title, name of the business, what's being produced, what are their responsibilities, what skills have they learned, uh, maybe their dollars per hour earned. Uh, making sure that that's in that description and that they make sure it's a good description um, and filled out. And then at each year um, that they build on the prior year, did they learn something new? Did they do something new? Um, did they increase their responsibilities? Um, and then there's some suggestion formats on page three of this um, as well to look at, but making sure that that's, that's well-written um, and in place uh, for that. Uh, then their inventory statements, placement SAEs may not, most of them probably have inventories, uh, potentially could. Um, but if we're entrepreneurships, uh, businesses, a lot of times they will have uh, things that carry over from year to year. So looking at making sure that those inventories are in there. Um, I actually just looked over um, someone that's already working on their American degree for this year and they had animals but they did not have anything that carried over as far as an inventory. So I had to look, did they buy and sell that within the same year, uh, making sure it didn't carry over. And if it carried over, then I had to explain to them they needed to put that in inventories so they had that um, in there. Um, and then just the qualifications, uh, A, B, or C, if they meet um, under one of those factors. And that's kind of a kind of there. It's done for you, obviously, in the application, but just checking that. And then the Journal of Leadership Activities, uh, making sure they have 500 leadership points, 150 of other chapter level. Um, some things there is a sheet on that. Um, also, page five and six on this that you can look over. But some common things that we talked about um, that show up sometimes you put in. Uh, three days of national convention or three days of state convention um, where we don't want that to count just because you went three days. What activity did you do? Did you compete in a contest? Did you attend workshop? Uh, those types of things. So basically an entry a day, unless you competed in two contests in the same day, then I think that would count um, for that, but not just say, oh, I attended three days and that was it. That's probably not not great use of your leadership activity points. So, but you can look at that. Um, as we look in our district, we always look for duplicates, those types of things. And then the community service hours, uh, making sure that it is not, uh, you're serving some other entity other than your FFA chapter. Um, the two examples that they have in there are one is uh, the Nebraska Department of Roads, picking up roads, um, picking up trash along the roadside. Um, but you're serving the Nebraska Department of Roads. 
And then the other one was a youth football camp where they volunteered their time to teach students how to block an offensive line. So you're helping that youth football camp, not your football program, I think would be the difference there. And then obviously the religious thing is kind of hit or miss. Um, I just tell my kids, don't put anything of that in there. We have enough other stuff. We don't need to worry about that and have to say, oh, that gets denied or doesn't get denied. Just making sure it's something other than your FFA chapter. Now, your FFA chapter might be providing the service, but you're serving some other entity other than your FFA chapter. And there's descriptions in here that you can look at um, as well to get more clarifications on some things. Um, then other optional record book components, um, resume, leadership, service skills, and abilities um, are optional. Again, these are things that do not disqualify them. This is things that uh, within our district, uh, we will talk about these things and say, you know, oh, they didn't, they had, um, they didn't fill out the resume. Well, it doesn't have to be done. It's optional. That's not going to disqualify them from their getting their state degree. Do you don't need uh, personal expenses or personal income um, does not have to necessarily be recorded. To receive your state degree, there's no minimum journal or financial entries. I know there are some districts out there that say they have to have a certain number of entries, and that is not necessarily a disqualification for their state degree um, at this time. So take that, uh, make sure that that gets filled out for each student um, that wants to receive their state degree. Make sure that gets brought to your district to review um, as well. Any questions on that, Emily, that you thought of while I was going through that? First of all, I really appreciate this review sheet because before this review sheet came out, there was just so many resources out there. So again, Sarah Heideman did a great job putting all of this together for us. And one thing, just maybe a suggestion or a statement, you were talking about the clipboard. A lot mm -hmm. of the times for my kids, they filled those out when they were freshmen. So it's not a bad idea to go back through and make sure you know that that's still an okay entry. And just remember that they could just put one letter in space and it could show up a green check mark. So as an advisor, when you're getting that ready, I have printed this checklist out and I go through and I write down what each kid needs. For me personally, I remember entrepreneurships and still kind of to this day, I mean, they're kind of daunting because there's so many ins and outs and breeding herd manager can be confusing. And so if you are questioning something, I would almost guarantee that there's a, an advisor in your district that would be more than happy to look it over for you just to make sure that those records are okay to go. Personally, I really appreciate that they have the leadership point decision guide and the community service guide, as well as examples, mm -hmm. because it makes it easier at the American degree level than a high schooler or a college freshman having to go back through and change how they wrote all of their community service. One question I have is, you mentioned that this review sheet needs to be completed. Are advisors expected to print this out and complete it beforehand? I think it's it should be completed um, by the advisor. That way we, you know, the advisor says, yes, I've checked this, all of this stuff. Um, at the district review, if I'm reviewing that application, I can have that sheet. Um, I can just double check to make sure that that I agree with everything they put down. And it's not, you know, it's not necessary to catch somebody. It's to, um, you know, we got a lot of younger individuals in our 
our association and and in the state of Nebraska, it's intended to help you um, go through those record books, go through that application, and hopefully help you understand where things are coming from and why we need those things. Um, so definitely is something that I think the advisor should fill out prior to bring it with them uh, to the review. Um, and then those district reviewers can review that again. Um, and that way it's a double check uh, for that. So I can't remember if it says that at the top of that or not. Uh, yeah, so it's the review sheet is to be filled out by the local FFA advisor. And that was a conversation we had too, I think, in, at the board retreat was making sure we have this to use. So um, all teachers, but maybe more of our younger teachers uh, in the state have something to go off of and uh, prepare with. And I appreciate the clarification on the personal expenses, because I know that that has been a conversation every year that I've been teaching so far. And so I know at the retreat, when that was the conversation, it was nice to finally have the state say, you don't need personal expenses. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big topic. And, and I definitely see both sides of it. Um, and I understand both sides of it. Um, but yeah, being able to say, this is what we need as a state. Uh, so our districts can be more aligned. Um, I thought was a, a, a good thing. Yeah. So once you have this filled out and your degrees, you're going to your interview day, the state of FA degree assessment was updated this summer. And thankfully, Colin really, I think, contributed quite a bit to things that needed to be included on this. So I'm going to go ahead and let Colin kind of run you through what the new degree assessment looks like. Um, before you get started, though, I will just preface this by saying I am a big fan of this change. I think it focuses on the student and on the student's project rather than their ability to memorize a rubric that I gave them and check off a bunch of points. Yeah. And um, I hope a lot of people appreciate, uh, appreciate that. I think the common thought with the committee was providing something that was more interview like. So you go to a job interview rather than having a prepared statement beyond based on a rubric that would just ask you questions. And even though they have the questions ahead of time, um, that we're still just going to sit down. We're going to ask you questions. You're going to respond. We're going to have a conversation. There can be follow-up questions on any of those questions. But um, these questions are kind of just a starter. Um, and hopefully to get the kid um, that's sitting across from you to talk to you and, in that capacity as well. So, um, but at the end of the qualifying review sheet that we just went over the 12 questions are listed there on that last page uh, but there's also uh, for our district use there's a state of fate degree assessment interview um, link as well on any ed on the new website by the way which uh, i really like um, as uh, finding things a lot easier on there it seems like so uh, so that was a good change but um, this just has 12 questions um, it's kind of a mix of, we want to find out, you know, obviously if the kid that, or the student or the FFA member um, is, has completed the project, has been active in, in Ag Ed, has been active in FFA, has been active in uh, their SAE. Um, so we kind of took some of the points of the rubric and kind of combined that, but then also 
uh, some questions in there on what's your plans after high school? What do you have for career goals? Um, how did you make your SAE better type thing? So um, at the end of these 12 questions, um, there still is time to ask questions um, if needed for clarification on their record books. Um, so say they uh, spent $50 and they raised an animal for one year and they only spent $50 in feed costs, you know, so you can say, oh, hey, how did that happen and have them explain that or whatever it may be. So you can still ask clarifying questions at the end of this. But also the hope is, is asking about competitive events, community service, that they know what they did for community service. They can talk about what they did and how it maybe has made an impact what they've learned that sort of thing. So, um, so I hope, I hope people like it. Um, I hope it's a, a, a good change for, for our state and for our districts, um, uh, as well. One question I have about that. I think maybe this might help advisors prepare their kids when they're sitting down for this interview is the question to the kid supposed to look like, what two classes did you take and the kid can pick i took intro to ag and floriculture or is the advisors that are interviewing going to look at the record book and say i see you took floriculture and intro to ag can you tell me about that so originally i I think the intention is and something that i like to do in interviews um was pick a community service activity that they did for their fa chapter so example um when i first got to norris and we did our first state degree uh, freeman did a color run I didn't know necessarily what a color one was or whatever. So I asked that question, like, what's a color run? And they gave me this big, long explanation of what they did with it and how they used funds from it and that sort of thing. So I got to think, well, that's kind of nice that I can just pick something and then they can explain it and I can say, yeah, they know what they're doing there. They were part of that community service activity or they were part of that FFA activity. So most of them have two that they can pick. So you can pick one and ask them about it if you want, I think, or you can just have them talk about two that they did. Um, I think that can work either way. I think either way, if you want to do that, let them pick two or you can pick one and they can pick one. But however you want to do that is okay in this situation. You know, if your kid put in that they did all of this stuff and they actually didn't, then they might find themselves in a bind. But for the most part, a kid's going to be able to explain this is what I did at the fall festival, or this is what I did at the community Christmas party or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I also think that's a something to keep in mind when preparing your kids for these interviews. So when I sit down to prepare my kids, I sit down with each of them one by one and I run them through this. So that way they're prepared. I send them with a copy home. And I just think that helps kids nerves. Some of them, that might be their first interview that they've ever done. And so they have the rubric and they kind of know examples of what questions might be coming their way. I find that they are a little more relaxed, a little more confident and conversational mm-hmm. with the interviewers. Yeah, that's excellent. I like that. Yes. Just sit down with them and ask them the 12 questions and, you know, let them think about some things or whatever. But yeah, I, I think doing that is great preparation for this. And your point on this might be their first interview. Some of them get pretty interesting, uh, but you just try to keep them relaxed. And, and we're not out to, you know, my beginning statement is we're not out to catch you on anything. We're just going to have a talk. We're going to ask you questions. You're going to give us answers. We're going to ask you to clarify some things, uh, but we're not here to try to trick you or do any of that type of stuff. We just want to talk 
and have a have a nice conversation. So so that's kind of how we approach that. And I do think it's worth noting that at the bottom of the assessment on page three, it says the complete score out of 20 and you need a 14 out of 20, which is a 70% to get your state FFA degree. I mean, they're trying to think about questions as they go and they might draw a blank at some point. But also, I don't think there's a problem with with prompting them a little bit too um, to help them with those questions. Um, you know, I mean, don't just say, ah, don't worry, you didn't say anything, we're going to move you on. Like, help them respond and help them along. Um, use it as a learning experience as well. That way we can we can teach them and we're not like, oh, sorry, you didn't get this. Um, I just think sometimes we need to have a little grace on some things. So, Yes. Previously, in the past few years, we've had a different point level for kids to meet because of COVID. That's not an effect anymore, right? It's 500 points. It's it's 500 points. Last year, it was a lower number because there was contests and opportunities that kids missed. But I think the thought behind that is these kids were freshmen, so they've had three years to recover. Yeah. There's enough that they could have done to make that happen. So um, we always our appeal process as well. Um, so I know we've, we've done some things in the past, but um, I think that was the uh, overall consensus that there's there was enough time to meet those points and get that taken care of. Okay. And you brought up the appeal process. Do you want to just say maybe, so let's say an advisor gets a degree denied. What's the first step in that appeal process for them? Go to the website (laughs) (laughs) and look up the state degree denial and appeal process. It'll walk you through that. Um, So then they are, so the, the district will have to put in reasons for denial um or what they denied it for um and then once that happens they will be able to then submit in writing um, why they feel that it shouldn't have been denied um, or extenuating circumstances uh, for whatever reason it was denied Uh, but basically appeal the reason of why it was denied Um, and submit that Uh, they can have others uh, submit for them as well. We dealt with them last year and it was, I think it was with points um, that was kind of out of students' hands where the school said, you can't do anything um, and the points weren't there, but the district was in favor of them still getting it. So the district wrote a letter. So they denied it, but yet they were still in support of them getting it, but they had to deny it based on the rules. So. But they do have that opportunity to submit that goes then to the FFA board to review um, and then ultimately decide. Any words of wisdom for advisors as we get ready for this? Don't think you have to just do it on your own. Reach out, ask advisors in your district. It's very easy to download the PDF and send the PDF to them. I know Ken Malone loves to look at those and proficiencies. I know he's, he's looked at a lot over the last last few years he's been retired a couple years or a year he's been retired so i know he's he's uh put a lot of effort into helping people across the state uh be able to reach out to him is also a good one but reaching out to your district as well you know reach out to me i've had people reach out to me too um, just take a quick look um as far as that goes and i'm willing to do that just send me the pdf uh, i can take a quick look and jot down some notes for you but but yeah, 
So especially those newer teachers, you know, reach out, um, use that checklist that is provided for you on the website to, to help you and guide you. Um, and then if you do that, I think, I think for the most part, you'll be, be okay and good to go. I have already sent a record book off to go be looked at because like I said, it was an entrepreneurship and there's just a lot of numbers that go into that. And so I wanted to make sure that this kid was ready to go before I submitted it. But there's lots of teachers across the state that I'm sure would be willing to look at a record book. Like Colin said, the state degree process is not a, I got you. It's not a, we're out to deny degrees or to turn kids down. This process can kind of be um, kind of daunting, especially if you're in your first year and you've got a bunch of entrepreneurship record books or even placements. So mm-hmm. like Colin said, just to reiterate, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody who would be more than willing to help you. With that, we want to thank you for joining us on the fourth episode of Nebraska Owl Talk. We hope that this episode provided some guidance about the Nebraska State of Fae degree and also helped guide you through the interview process that's been changed recently. We would also like to encourage you to attend the State Proficiency Review in February. If you're interested in that, get a hold of your FFA board rep and they should be able to get you some information. I highly recommend going. I have learned so much every year that I've gone. And so once again, thank you for joining us. We hope you have a great day.